Today's episode of the Share Your Story podcast is an interview with one of my clients, Jillian. Jillian's dad died by suicide about a year ago, and it had a huge impact on her world and her family. But Jillian's story didn't end there. In fact, her life only got better as she learned to work with her grief and build a relationship with it. In our conversation, she shares what she's learned about grief and her relationship with herself from her work with me. Tune in to listen to grief, life, laughter, and learn what it's like to navigate the grief journey with a grief coach. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Share Your Story series. This is a podcast experience where we get to explore humanity one heart at a time. I'm your host, Jenny Diltson. I'm the founder of Grieving Coach. I'm a certified grief coach who specializes in helping people transform grief into growth. And I do this one conversation, one heart, one experience at a time. From my personal experiences with grief, I have learned to lean in, ask questions, and reflect with gratitude on the lessons I've received from grief. Now I use this pattern to help my clients transform their grief from foe to friend. So if you'd like to explore this further, send me an email at jen at grievingcoach.com or reach out to me on Facebook, jenny.renterdeltz, or LinkedIn, jennydeltz-grievingcoach. A special thanks goes out to the nonprofit organization Reimagine, who has built and support a community to host events like these where people can come talk about process and learn from life's challenging experiences. I hope this will be an interactive experience, not only for my guests and I, but for also, also for you as our listeners. As you listen to our conversation, feel free to jot down any inspirations or thoughts that you have and take a moment to reflect on what you learned from Jillian and I and how you can apply that in your own life. podcast episode is actually in honor of those affected by suicide. Suicide numbers have been on the rise and the impact of the losses have been felt by so many. So in today's interview, I'm dedicating it and honoring the experiences and the people who have been affected by suicide, both in life and in death. Today's guest is one of my clients, Jillian and she's the sales manager for a country club in Pleasanton, California. She has been in the wedding industry for about 10 years and can say she genuinely loves her job. She's from the San Francisco Bay Area and grew up in a wonderful family with her mother, Robin, father, Hector, and sister, Lexi. They are a very close family. Although her parents divorced when she was three, they continued to remain best friends and were the best co-parents you could ever imagine. When she's not in the office, Jillian spends her free time hiking, dining, she's a big foodie, traveling and spending time with her family. She now has a niece and nephew who are her world and have truly made this world a brighter place. She's the proud mother of two rescue cats, Maylie and Ro, and happily with her boyfriend, Christian. Jillian's father was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease in his early 40s, and this took an incredible toll on him as he was very active and always on the go. He would hike half dome in Yosemite on the regular, go on extreme bike rides or any other activity you could imagine. He was fearless. 
His death, his suicide, was the biggest shock she could ever have imagined and completely crumbled her world. They had no idea that he was as depressed as he was and truly always thought they would continue to work through his disease. Unfortunately, within less than 10 years, Parkinson's had taken a huge toll on her father and they lost him in May 2022. Since then, they have been picking up the pieces of their life and trying to navigate this new normal. Jillian, thank you so much for being with us today. My pleasure, Jenny. Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor to walk with you in your grief journey. Thank you so much. It's been a very big help to have you in this grief journey. So I appreciate you every moment that I talk to you. And I appreciate you too. I learned so much from you. Thank you. And I love your, your enthusiasm for life. Thank you. I'm happy to say I think I got that from my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. What else have you gotten from your dad? (laughs) His curly hair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, my dad always was a jokester. He was hilarious. He was the king of dad jokes. Uh, (laughs) He um, just always was the bright light in the room, I think. And he was a quiet guy, I will say. So I definitely inherited my louder voice from my mom, I think. But um, he was the one who always had a zest for life, um, was just the silliest guy and kindest. Everybody always used to comment and continue to comment on his smile because he was never not smiling. You would just, you know, enjoy every moment that you had with him. And so I really think that I've taken that on too. And same with my sister. I think together we've really inherited the best parts of our dad. And I think that that's an amazing characteristic to have from him uh, is his zest for life. And that's why I continue to go on my hikes and enjoy nature because that's where I feel the most connected with him. Mm -hmm. And I always know that when I'm out there, he's always out there with me. So I'm always happy to kind of carry that piece of him throughout my travels and adventures. Still, I know he gets to see it all. That's beautiful. Um, So tell us a little bit about your dad's story. Yeah, Uh, my dad, as you kind of read, was a very active guy, Um, loved biking, hiking, kickboxing, any random activity you can think of, he probably did. Um, (laughs) He's always been like that. He always had a very adventurous soul. And anytime you would call him, he'd be out of breath. Like, dad, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you know, just hiking, fishing, doing this and that like, okay, we'll have a great time. So um, it did definitely take a hard toll when he was diagnosed with Parkinson's about seven years ago. He just went from being, you know, this very adventurous mountain biking type of guy to having a hard time walking or lifting his grandkids or, you know, simplest things like cutting up your food. And you can, um, I'm sure you can imagine how this guy who was so free and full of life now unable to even do some of the world's simplest tasks was just crippling to him. And when we lost him, it was just a huge surprise because we were all so close. We are all so close. So it was definitely not something that we expected. Um, Although, you know, I don't ever fault him for it. You know, I know I've read a lot of stories, of course, and have been on this grief journey for almost a year now. And I see a lot of people have a lot of anger towards their loved one once they've left them. And, you know, as difficult as it obviously is, I've never once felt 
mad at my dad for his decision. I think that uh, in his own terms, it was the only thing he could control on his journey with Parkinson's. And it was kind of like the big F you to Parkinson's, I think. And mm-hmm. that just symbolizes my dad to a T right there was he was never going to let someone or something control his life. He was going to enjoy his life to the best of his abilities. And when he unfortunately couldn't do that anymore, he made the decision to, to leave. And as obviously difficult as that is for us, and we struggle with his loss on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, I am cheesily happy that he's no longer in pain. I know that he's in all my surroundings. I feel like I get visits from him very commonly. I have a little garden outside and he was a big green thumb type of guy. Uh, So I feel like all the hummingbirds I've received in my life since he's left me, uh, they're always blue. And that was his favorite colors, very symbolic of my father. And I've had a blue hummingbird visit me in my garden for the past year. So, you know, it's, you can say it's just a coincidence, but I'm always happy for any signs of my dad that I can receive. And I think if you receive something that you think is a sign, take it as a sign. Why wouldn't you take it as a sign? That's your loved one, you know, they're visiting, making sure you're okay, just checking in. And it's cute. I always feel like he checks in on me on the days I need it. I'm like, dad, having a rough day today. Where are you at? <laughs> and then I go outside to just take in some nature for a minute with either my cup of coffee or when I get home from work and more likely than not, I've got my hummingbird in my backyard. So I definitely know he's still with me and I have to continue to live my life because that's what he would want. He would be so mad at me if I was sitting miserable all day thinking of him, which don't get me wrong. I still have those days. It's okay to have those days. Um, as you very well taught me, I need those days because if I don't take the time to grieve or to feel, you know, what's going on in here, it will affect and does affect my everyday life. I feel foggier. I feel more sad. I feel, um, anxiety, you know, when I don't schedule that time to really dedicate to my dad. So I think that that's a huge, important lesson that I've really learned on this journey is to soak in everything that I'm feeling and allow myself to feel it. Mm -hmm. That's so important. Yeah. So often society teaches us, push it away, avoid it. Don't do anything with it. Try and comfort. Like when you when your loved ones or your friends are going through grief or loss, try and comfort it, smooth it over, take the pain away. Not necessarily very helpful. (laughs) No, not at all. And, you know, I've definitely dealt with that. You know, people who maybe haven't dealt with loss yet, someone close to them hasn't passed or they just haven't experienced this type of grief. So I always, I always do get a little annoyed when people are like, oh, you know, time heals. He's in a better place. Da, 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 da. And it's like, please don't say that. <laughs> please, please just say, I'm sorry for what you're going through or say nothing and just be supportive because, you know, nothing really does help heal grief. And although time does pass, it doesn't heal it. I find that it just continues to evolve on a daily basis of what my grief looks like. Um, so yes, very much have experienced all those things people love to say. Yeah. (laughs) So listeners, uh, just a word of caution. Don't try and assuage the grief. Don't try and brush it over and make it feel better. Be with your people. 
Yes. Even if it's in silence, be with them and let them know you're there. hundred percent. I think that just having the support is the most important part of going through a grief journey. I'm very, very lucky that my family is as close as we are. I mean, my mom and sister were, you know, as tight as you can possibly get. That's, we always knew we were weird as a family being so close. <laughs> um, you know, as you mentioned, my parents were divorced at a very young age for myself that, I also feel like I was very lucky because there's no clear distinction in my mind of when they got divorced. You know, we continued to go on family vacations together all the time, family dinners. My dad was always around. There was never an absence. Sorry, we have the rescue cats running around. If you say that, I apologize. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I think that having that support is huge. And I'm again, very lucky that I have a group of friends who very much rallied around me as well. And, you know, even if you didn't know what to say, you come over and you cry on the couch together and that's all you need to do. There's, there's nothing you have to do to support someone going through this type of pain and grief. You just have to be there. And I think that that's a very confusing thing, especially as you mentioned in today's society where people don't know what to do. And when they're uncomfortable, they just push it away. And I think that that's a huge flaw. I think we should be so empathetic to what everyone's going through, especially death, especially a death of a parent or a very close loved one. And especially in the form of suicide, it's such a different type of pain to go through. Um, I've lost actually multiple people this year on top of the loss of my dad. And sometimes I feel like I haven't been able to properly grieve those people because my dad's death has taken such a huge toll on every, everything, you know, and the way he left, you just continue to think about it all the time. And you have to stop those thoughts of what could I have done? I should have done more. Um, you know, suicide, especially the grief begins to eat you alive. And you just think of all the things you could have, should have, would have, but that's, you know, why we have people like you and, you know, why I sought out help because those thoughts were continuing to, to eat me alive. And, um, you very much taught me that you have to process, you have to breathe, you have to think about that person and why they made those decisions and not take the blame on yourself, even though that could be very difficult at times. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's why I just think, you know, my dad, that was his last decision that he could make that he was capable of making. And he wanted to leave this life in his happy place, which I know sounds crazy probably, but he loved his life. He was a very happy person. He was a fantastic dad, a fantastic grandpa. And I know he didn't want us to see him suffer. He didn't want us to see the continuing uh, decline of his health. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I, I never get mad. I never think, how could you, you know, sometimes I'm like, why I miss you. I want to hug you, you know, all the, all the things you want to still do, especially with a dad, you know, yeah. my car light came on today. Why dad, dad, what do I do? <laughs> you know, all the typical dad things you, you have to substitute now. And, you know, it's hard. It's not easy by any means, but you take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, some days. And, mm -hmm. you know, on our hardest days, we're of course in a family group chat. And that's what we say when one hour at a time today, it's okay. You know, just soak it in, sit down and it's one hour at a time. That's so awesome and beautiful that your whole family 
has that mantra of one hour at a time, one day at a time. And that you communicate that. Yes. I mean, we, we were very open of a family to begin with, but I think after my dad's passing, we're just constantly making sure we're actually okay. You know, what's going on? Are you feeling okay? And, you know, especially as you can imagine when you're going through grief, you do need to take it an hour at a time because it can change at the drop of a hat. You can be in the car and the, the song, you know, there's always a song and it'll come on and you'll have a moment and then it's okay. You can have your moment. You can have that hour to grieve. But when I have those moments, you know, thinking of my dad or having a rough moment, um, I have to pull it back in. You know, I want, I, I, I allow it. I cry <laughs> a lot. And then after that, I, I do something that would make him happy or like that would make us happy. So be it, I go for a walk outside or I write in my journal to him, um, you know, something that I know will feel better for both of us because you have that moment of grief and then you have to have a positive outcome afterwards. Um, I think that just really helps in feeling connected to my dad, but also to show like, I am okay in the best sense of the word, you know, I, I can breathe but I've allowed myself that hour. Such an awesome practice of ritual and self-care combined to allow yourself to grieve and have that time and also end that grief on a positive note. Very much so. And that was actually the biggest thing that I learned with your coaching was to take that time because I'm, I'm very much, um, I think of myself last very often. I'm very considerate of others and their feelings and making sure everyone around me is okay first, but you've really taught me and in our practices together that I, in order to make sure everyone else is okay, I need to make sure I'm okay. And that's been the biggest thing that I've taken away from this whole grieving process is that it is okay. And it is acceptable to take time out for yourself. And as silly as it may sound and as silly as it sounded to me when I first started doing this, but if you need to even schedule the time to grieve, then that's what you need to do in order to be healthy and to continue to have your hour by hour, day by day. And at first I thought, you know, schedule time to grieve. That sounds so weird. What am I going to do? Pencil it in on my calendar. But then I noticed on the days or weeks that I was, you know, too busy with work or any excuse you can come up with to not focus on your loved one. I, I was suffering more because of it. I was, you know, having panic attacks and not sleeping. And I'd be like, why am I feeling like this? I know I miss my dad, but why am I feeling like this? And then I would just cry and be like, oh, that was what I needed. I need, I needed that moment to let it all out and to really think about my dad and to, you know, think of happy memories because so much grief is just associated with sadness and guilt, but grief can also be happy at sometimes when you're thinking about your loved one. And when you're thinking about the song that made you laugh or smile, and like, even though you have sad tears, it's bringing back a memory that makes you happy of that person. So I've had to really train myself to do those things, but it's become such a better, more positive outcome for myself. And I think that it would be so for many others who feel the guilt and don't know what to do or where to place that guilt is to reflect and to schedule that time as silly as it sounds. And it makes a world of difference 
And I think that my dad looks down on me and, and can maybe even smile knowing that I'm practicing and I'm working on myself as well as still grieving his loss, you know, or coming up to the year point of his loss. So it's a lot of firsts. It's a lot of dealing with things without him that I never thought I'd have to. So it's a lot of taking it a day by day and scheduling that time for myself. So how are you doing with all the firsts that are coming up? Oh, it's hit or miss. Uh, I will say some days, um, you know, when it's a big, a big thing with him, um, I always try and, and plan something so that I'm not just around the house. Kind of like, what, what do I do? What am I doing? I don't have any oomph in my personality today to plan because I'm sad. Mm-hmm. So I try and do it in advance. For example, Easter's coming up and that was the last real holiday we got to spend with my dad. So the whole family have, we've all decided to take a trip and visit more family in Montana because they make us happy and that's our happy place to be all together. So we've made it a point to be together. So for every milestone that we've unfortunately had to to endure, um, we're always together. And I think that that is the most important thing. And if you don't have a big support system, I think you should plan to do something that that person loved or that, you know, you can really feel their spirit in what you're doing, be it make their favorite meal, make a recipe that they've given you. Um, my dad loved his mother's pumpkin empanadas, for example. And so we had never made them, but my mom brought it up for Christmas. So, you know, your dad used to eat these all the time for Christmas, we should make them. And so I was lucky enough to get the recipe from my aunt and we made them for, for Christmas. And that was a simple, easy way to honor him, to think about him. He had the biggest sweet tooth. So it makes sense to make a sweet in honor of him and to, you know, sit and do something happy with it and not to sit there and cry and just to be sad. I really think it's important to, to do something with it. Even if you go on a hike and you cry the whole time, you know, it (laughs) happens. Uh, But that I think is so important because I feel him so much when I do those things. And so I think if I didn't do those things, I just don't think I'd feel as connected to him. And I want to still feel that connection. So, um, you know, I had a moment even yesterday, you know, they happen all the time where there was just a split second. I didn't think about it. And I grabbed my phone to text him because I missed him. And, you know, it's redirecting that horrible feeling when you have those moments because they do, they'll happen. And even when you don't expect them. Um, and so what did I do? I cried (laughs) a lot. And then, uh, I went and sat in my garden and I just brought a tissue box and sat out there and looked at my plants and looked at my hummingbird feeder and took that moment. And then I was okay. And, you know, I felt connected to my dad, the, the sun poked out and started shining so beautifully through the trees and the ladybugs in my garden all started coming out. So it's just like, if you just breathe and then do something that they would enjoy or that you enjoy together, I think is so important. And so that's where I've really found comfort in his passing and how I've dealt with it. Um, it's just learning to breathe. (laughs) Um, one thing that I've learned, so I attend a group share. Um, it's a group support, a faith-based group support group. And one thing that our facilitator often says is they didn't die. I mean, they died, but you didn't. 
You yes. can start with that. Connect with the breath. That helps us remember. I'm still alive. I, regardless of how much or how little life we have left, mm-hmm. we are alive now. And when we connect with that breath, it helps us remember that. And it can actually reset our nervous system. Mm-hmm. When we take three deep breaths, that's enough to reset our whole system. Absolutely. I've had to take three breaths many a time, (laughs) (laughs) but that is, it's so true. I mean, they, they left and it, as sad as that is, you do have to continue living. And, you know, there's been dark days where you do feel like, what is the point, but that they are dark days and that you will have light days and you will have brighter days. And there are still good days ahead. I mean, my dad loved my niece and nephew, which they are the best. So, you know, again, I'm biased, but they are the best. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, you know, I have those moments of when I look at them and I'm so sad that he's not here to enjoy them and to see them grow, but I know I am, and I'm going to enjoy those moments for him. And, you know, my niece, who's going to be four this year, um, she still remembers grandpa and we make sure to talk about him. And I think that that's so important in her young age to learn grief and to know that yes, grandpa's not here anymore, but he's still here. Yeah. You know, we'll be reading a book and she'll see, you know, a family of bunnies and I'm like, Oh, who are the bunnies? And she's like, mama, dada, auntie and grandpa. And that always just makes me feel so good because she remembers and she, you know, acknowledges the love that is still there for him. So that's what we need is to continue Mm -hmm. to live for him. And he's still in the, in, in our everyday life and in our memories, because even though he's not physically here, I mean, I'm a part of my dad. She's a part of my dad. We're all a part of him. And I think that that's so special too, that we can associate that with some pleasantness. Yeah. So important to remain connected. Yes. Um, like the movie Coco by <laughs> uh, Disney Pixar. Yes. They have it right. <laughs> yes. Oh, 100%. And I love that movie because one of the main characters is Hector. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't not love that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. I mean, yeah, I have pictures of my dad all throughout my, I mean, all throughout the house. He is very much alive and well with me. I was lucky enough to get his record player. And so, you know, if I'm home and I'm having a moment, I'll turn on some music and um, I have my dad (laughs) here with me. So he's right by his record player and I'll just jam out, you know, we'll listen to some Led Zeppelin or, you know, something. I have all of his records. So I'll dance around the house and I might be crying and dancing, but I'm living in the moment with my dad. And, you know, that's important to me is to have those fun moments with him still. You know, I was lucky enough that he visited obviously my home and I can look around and see him sitting on my couch in my mind. And that's where he is. He's sitting right there on my couch right now, just enjoying life with me. And I think that that's so important to feel that way. And, you know, you can very easily get lost in the guilt, but if you turn it around a little bit, it makes such a big difference in your healing journey. And in, in that regard, I can help my family heal as well. We're all helping each other in our own ways and our own coping mechanisms. And to have that support is just so important. I, I truly feel. Yeah. I did a panel, a suicide panel one time uh, with all of my panelists had lost loved ones to suicide. And one of them shared that 
it's important to have a community, build a community, even if that community is one. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to find some suicide support group um, pages, you know, on Facebook or something like that. And I find those to be really helpful too, because you, you see people on different parts of their journey um, Mm -hmm. years down the road where they say, you know, I know, I know what you're feeling right now. I know the grief that you're in the despair that you feel, but you will come out of it. You can continue to live life. And although you're always going to be grieving, it won't always be so sad. It won't always feel so hopeless. You know, you'll, you'll eventually come out and feel happiness again. You will laugh again. You will live life. You will make memories in honor of that, of that person or those people. And I truly do believe that and feel that. So even if you feel alone, sometimes I really advise that you seek out a support group in some way, shape or form. Cause you know, even though my family and I are so close, I do still don't want to burden them with all my feelings on a daily basis. You know, we're all, we're all going through this. It's all very difficult, but sometimes it is nice to have even a secondary outlet or strangers that you can kind of connect to instead as well. So I think having either of those support options is really beneficial, especially if you feel maybe that you are alone or that you don't have a huge support, go find it because it will benefit you so much, even if you don't think it will. Mm-hmm. How has your life changed over your grief journey over and over the course of our time together? Gosh, yeah, um, a lot. <laughs> a lot has changed. Um, you know, I, I was never a mental health advocate really before. I was just like, oh, you know, we all have our struggles. We all deal with stuff. Everything's fine. Um, and since the passing of my dad, I've really realized the importance of mental health and the importance of talking about it. Um, it took me a while to seek out help after my dad passed because I didn't think anyone could help me. I know what I need to do. I get it. I'm going through this journey. It sucks, but it is, it's what I'm going through, you know, kind of in that naive sense that nothing was going to benefit me. What would me talking about my dad's passing do for me. It just makes me sad. It just makes me want to cry. But I, I quickly realized, you know, after months of not seeking help, I was in a dark place. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to get off my couch. I didn't want to make plans with friends. I didn't want to go or do anything with anyone. And I was mad at the world. I hated everyone, (laughs) Uh, which I think is very common. You look around and you're like, why are, why are you alive and not my dad? Why are you getting to live out the life he should be living. And that's when I realized I needed help because I'm, I'm usually a pretty happy, positive person. And so for me to be feeling and thinking those things, I didn't want to go further down that path. Um, and so that's when I actually asked my sister to help me find help because I didn't even know where to start. And she had been in therapy for a while. She went in pretty quickly after my dad's passing. And I saw the benefits that she was getting from it and the way she was able to communicate better. And so then I was lucky enough to find you and you really did teach me that I need to put myself first. And that is what I have been doing lately, which has made a world of difference in my mental health, in my Ability to breathe um, is I'm taking myself into account first and I'm feeling so much better about that. I feel better on my day-to-day life. I feel like I can 
have better coping skills. I feel like I can communicate better and calmer <laughs> um, instead of just getting so upset. And so I feel so tight and wound up sometimes. And so it's allowed me to reflect more um, and just to think of my dad in a more positive way, not just, you know, my dad isn't the way he died. That's not my dad. That is not his definition. My dad was so much more than the way he died. And that is what I want to remember. I don't want to remember that portion. I want to remember him living and his happiness and his joy and his smile and his zest for life. Like that is what is important. So I think you and in, in teaching me how to get there, how to set me from, I was going this way and you redirected me this way. And it's just been a real positive outlook on my whole life now. And I think that I can help you know, others, when they come to me in their grief and I better know how to, I better understand. I know how to better communicate and to be supportive because I've taken the time to work on myself Mm -hmm. and it's a never ending journey. I'll always continue to work on myself. (laughs) There are definite weeks where I realize I have not done that. And (laughs) very much so (laughs) in my life, I'm like, why am I tossing and turning and can't sleep again? I'm like, Oh, take a breath schedule the time tomorrow. You're going to wake up. You're going to have a cup of coffee outside and it's going to be okay. And that's what you do. Yeah. The funny thing about grief is that grief comes back to us Mm -hmm. to teach us more. Hey, I have another lesson for you. Are you ready? (laughs) So much. So, I mean, this whole grief journey has been more than I've ever thought it could be, you know, I always knew grief was sad and, you know, I've lost people before, but it wasn't the same. I hate to say this, my dad's Mm -hmm. passing was such a big shock to my whole life that it's, it has been such a process that will continue to be a process. I mean, as I mentioned, we're just now coming up on the one year and I've already felt life be like this the whole time. And, you know, as much as you are learning and think you're doing well, you will still have those days where you revert back a little bit or you take a few steps back and that's okay. Don't be hard on yourself. Even though I'm preaching in my own choir here, don't be hard on myself. But I think, yeah, it's just a day at a time. Yeah. And if a day is too much, an hour at a time. And sometimes you got to do a minute at a time. I mean, I I work a very busy job and sometimes I am working, working, working and everything's going great. And then I'll see, you know, we have a lot of weddings, obviously on site. I'll see a father daughter first look, or I'll see a father about to walk his daughter down the aisle. And that gets me sometimes, of course, you know, I'm not going to have that with my dad. I'm, I'm going to miss that part of life. Um, and I will take a moment and go in the bathroom at work and cry. And if that's what I need to do, we're doing it. And I think I'm very lucky that I work for a company who has been overly kind. And I say that because it's so sad that most companies are not your grief. Mm-hmm. Oh, take a week off. You'll be fine next week. It's like, no, this is my dad. I'm not going to be fine in a week. So I, I think that that has been a saving grace for me as well, is that I have a company that has stood by me and really shown their support for me every day since my dad's passing. And if I need to take a minute, it is encouraged. It is okay. It is allowed. And then I take it and then I go back to what I was doing or, you know, go home. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
your journey and your transformation is incredible. It's so amazing to see where you were, like right after your dad's passing and where you are now. Absolutely. And it, fe- it feels different, you know, um, as you know, I cry a lot, <laughs> you know, and it's okay to cry and to be on this journey. So I just think everybody needs to give themselves a little bit more grace and a little bit more compassion. I think we're very much lacking that in the world, um, that it's okay. And grief isn't always going to be sad. It will have happier moments. It'll, you will come out the other side of it and you can still miss that person. You can still love that person just because they're gone or you're sad. It doesn't mean that it's all over for you. You have to continue living and you'll have bad days and you'll have good days and that's still okay. Yeah, it is. It's part of life. Yeah. The ups, the downs. We are so lucky to be able to feel all of these things. Look at animals. I don't, they may or may not feel I don't, I don't know. I'm not an animal brain, (laughs) Um, but I imagine that they don't have the complexity of emotion and thought that we do. What an incredible thing. Yeah. You know, sometimes I wonder though, I mean, I do have two rescue cats and on a bad day, I have one. uh, He's like my giant fat cat. He, if I'm crying on my couch, he will come sit on me and just not leave until He's like, mom, are you okay? Oh, <laughs> so that's awesome. I definitely feel like they feel a little bit of what I'm going through. And then they just sit and they're there, which even that's a great comfort to have. You know, I try not to always cry with, I'm, when I'm with people. <laughs> so sometimes it is a, a alone thing that I go through, but even having a giant, what I think is a 20 pound cat weight support is also very <laughs> nice. <laughs> And and it's a great little companion to have in that case. (laughs) Yeah. Your support network doesn't have to be a person. It can be a pet. It can be a pen and paper. It can be nature. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Whatever outlet you need to have, do it. And you may stop. I mean, I've journaled to my dad quite a bit. And then some days I find it to be too hard. So I don't do it. And that's okay too. I might take a little, a couple weeks off of journaling to my dad and then I pick it back up again. So it's just part of the journey. It's, you're going to continue to go through these things the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I think another important part of being able to travel the journey is accepting what is mm-hmm. without judgment, without forcing, without the supposed and the shoulds, without the expectations that it's going to be better tomorrow. It might be, and it might not be, <laughs> but Very just true. take it as it is. Absolutely. I mean, there's so many days I wake up and I feel at peace with everything and I understand and I'm okay. And then the next day I feel the opposite. I'm upset and I cry and I wonder why this has happened to us and you know, what I could, would have, could have, should have always, but again, it's part of the journey and I'll wake up the next day and it might be a better day. And you just have to take them as they come and allow yourself to feel whatever you're feeling that day and not to push it away all the time. You have to let it out. You have to get your feelings out. And I think that that's very important and healthy. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, we uh, we don't do very well when we bottle up all of our emotions. No, <laughs> no not at all. I feel like it's very obvious when I started to do that or when someone has started to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> How long does it take usually uh, on those times when you do forget to, to schedule your grief time? How long does it take for you to remember? Oh yeah. I feel like my body starts to tell me, um, like if I am having a couple weeks of really busy work or I just have like events going on all the time, I have plans, you know, I'll start to feel it in my chest. I'll start to feel the closing in. And I'm like, Oh my God, I, I feel a lot of anxiety today. I feel heavy. I feel like I'm about to burst. Like the tears are, you know, when you're trying to push it down so much, you can feel it in your throat. I feel like my body does that. It's like, Hey, hello, you have not paid attention to me. You are ignoring me. I'm not going to allow you to do that anymore. Um, (laughs) So I would say probably that happens. um, If I don't do it within two weeks, then I'll really start to feel the heavy anxiety of it all. And then I get kind of mad at myself because I feel like I haven't properly taken care of myself lately and that it's showing and I'm not feeling well and I'm not doing okay. And once I have visited it, I, be it listen to my song with my dad, or I have a lot of his voicemails. So I will listen to his voicemails and it's okay if you cry or laugh or feel whatever you need to feel, but I take the time to do that. And, um, I think that that's important and obvious when it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Our bodies are so smart. Yes. They, they often know what's happening before we do. Very <laughs> They try so. and tell us and they try and tell us and they try and tell us, are you listening to me yet? Help, help, help. I'm going to make you listen. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. Absolutely. So grief isn't just, uh, it's not just the emotions. It affects our physical body, our spirituality, our mental health, our emotions. It affects every part of us every single aspect. Absolutely. I've struggled with each thing you've listed on a daily basis since he passed. And that's why it is. That's why they call it a journey. You will continue to go on this adventure of grief. And one of those things you will probably struggle with very often. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. that's when you have to bring it back. Think about yourself. Yeah. How has your perspective of grief changed? Oh my gosh. Um, so much. I think I used to just think that it was sad. Like you've lost someone, of course it's sad, but I think with my dad, um, with suicide, especially it is just different. It's a different type of loss. It's a different type of pain. And so I think I've just had a whole new perspective on, on that type of death as well. I used to honestly think it was a selfish way to go. And I've since learned that is absolutely not the case. I think that suicide is the final, I guess, symptom of depression. I don't think anyone is doing it to hurt someone else. I I don't think, at least for my father, I don't think he did anything to hurt us. I think he was actually trying to do the opposite. He was trying to save us. And although I may disagree with him on that, I know that he, that's what he wanted and he couldn't live that life anymore. I mean, I know he was scared. He wasn't even going to be able to swallow his food. I wouldn't want him to go through that his whole life being scared. You're going to choke on a piece of food because you can't cut it 
small enough. I mean, the simplest details of life, you don't, you just totally take for granted that you're able to do it. You know, I could cut a steak, no problem right now, but I just feel like it's, it's just so different. It's, I just, I view everything completely different now. I just have more empathy. I I feel things so much more deeply. I think I'm more supportive of people and what they're going through, you know, no matter what it is. I think I've also had to remind myself that people are still allowed to go through hardships. And although I feel like mine is the worst in my world, it is the worst, but Mm. I still need to allow people to have their, their feelings and their bad days and, you know, be supportive of that as well. And that's been something that's been a definite struggle. I'll say is I, I get sometimes annoyed of other people's problems because I'm like, that's nothing. Get over it. If you're unhappy, go do something that makes you happy. Life is too short. So I have to kind of remind myself, okay, just because you're going through a hard time doesn't mean you can't accept others' difficulties and struggles as well. So I think it, yeah, it's just definitely made me more aware and more compassionate and more self-aware of how to continue to live my life. Awesome. So much goodness. So yeah. many good tips and and good good experiences that you've shared. Yeah. And the the picture of the transformation. Like from sitting in your bed hating on the world. Yeah. To now having empathy or at least trying. Yeah. <laughs> when other people have hard times that you consider Lesser. Simple. Lesser. <laughs> Lesser. Thank you. <laughs> so it's, it's an incredible picture for people who are in the beginning stages. Yeah. To be able to look at you and where you've, where you've been, where you've come from, and where you're headed. As, as an example, that's what I can do. If she can do it, I can do it too. You know, and that, that was my biggest hope with this conversation is that people can see, even if you are in the deepest, darkest pit of your feelings right now, be it it's early in your journey or it's not, maybe you just haven't been able to find the right tools or the right balance in your life to kind of get through. I just hope that this can be some sort of beacon of light that you can go through the worst moment of your life and come out and learn something from it or just to feel happy again. It is possible. It is okay. Your loved one would want you to continue living and to try not to feel guilty about it. I feel like guilt is just the main, I feel like main symptom, especially after a death of suicide, you know, it's, you feel such guilt. You have to find a way to dig yourself out of that. And when you do, you'll feel better. You'll feel more connected. I think with your person, at least that's my feeling. And don't get me wrong. I still have those days and that's okay. But I want you to know about happiness afterwards and to be living your life after the death of your loved one. My dad is my dad. I will always love him. I will always miss him, but I'm going to live for myself, but for him as well. I'm going to do the things he wasn't able to do anymore. And, you know, every time we used to go on a hike, we would sit on the edge. Scary. I know. 
and we would dangle our feet and we would always take a picture because we made it to the top. There we were, not a silly selfie or pictures of the view. It was our feet dangling off wherever we were. And I'll continue to do that born with my dad, just because there's only one pair of shoes in the picture now doesn't mean he's not in it, you know? And I think that that's such an important thing to continue to do and to, to, I will always honor my dad. Um, I mean, my sister got me this painting you can see behind me because she knows that the hummingbirds are important. That's a blue hummingbird that she got. And I think that we can continue to find our people out there. If you allow them to, if you allow yourself to, and I think you'll get further along in your process, which is going to be important. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to share today? Um, I just want to say thank you, I guess. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for your friendship during all of this. I know a lot of people can feel lost. So thank you for pulling me out and bringing me back into the light and teaching me how to navigate grief because it's hard and I think support is needed and encouraged. So thank you very much for your time and for your advocacy. It makes a difference. Thank you. Um, I'm going to share the words of my therapist. He says that it's, it's only 18% his, his work. <laughs> 18 or 28, but it's, um, the majority of the work is yours. Oh, thank you. A lot of work to be done, but it's getting there. Thank you, Jillian, for everything I've learned from you. You've taught me a lot. Thank you, Jenny. Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your experience. Thank you for having me and allowing me to do so. I hope it can shed a little bit of light on suicide and, and grief in general. Yeah, it's definitely needed. Messages of hope. Yes. You can smile and again. Life. Yes. Amazing. So that's all of our time for today. If you're looking for someone to help you move forward in your grief journey, reach out to me. Um, I offer a free introductory session to explore what it might look like. So you can go to my website, grievingcoach.com, or you can email me, jen at grievingcoach.com. And again, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. So if you enjoyed this, join us next time in our journey of exploring humanity one heart at a time. And I'll put the donation link in the show notes so that you can donate if you feel so inclined. And that's about all for today. Have a fantastic day and keep breathing, keep living, and keep smiling, even with the grief. Thank you. Thank you.